Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today, and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. Today's uh, our sermon is titled "Honor God's Leading and Timing." Honor God's leading and timing. So Jesus spoke that that in the world that there'd be things that would try to take our attention, cause us to be, you know, not at ease. But God wants us to be people that are at ease. In fact, Jesus goes one further. He says, I don't want you just to be at ease, but I want you to have peace. How many people want peace in their life? How many people have a portion of peace in their life right now? Amen. God's Spirit dwelling on the inside of us, taking a hold of Jesus' promises. But I know that that the opposite is true of me from time to time too. And I can find myself where I don't have peace. I allow the peripheral things that are happening around about me to take my attention off what Jesus' words were for me. Hey, take courage. Come on, stand firm. He's overcome the world, church. And that is an amazing thing. I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to remind us to honor God's word, to honor his leading, to honor all that he's provided to us through his son and to ultimately honor him for his timing and trust him for leading us well in the way that we should go. I know if you're anything like me, sometimes God's not quite up to where I want him to be up to. Yeah, if I'm perfectly honest. It's like, I had this picture that, you know, this is what life would look like at this point in time. And um, you might have plans, you might have plans to, uh, you know, buy a house or, you know, move to a different town or, or whatever it was. And, and you thought that, you know, by the time I get to this age, maybe you're a young person, you thought, you know, by the time I finish school, I'll have a job and I'll be making heaps of money and I'll have a car and I'll have, you know, a hot girlfriend. And, and you know, yeah, there's all these things that we have these expectations of, of, of what life is going to look like. And, uh, and all the time, is, is God is just wanting us to trust Him. He's wanting us to be people that, to look to His leading and look to His timing in all these things. See, I know at times I can get ahead of, of where God is. And uh, I've got to remember to keep my eyes on Jesus and to keep that signal strong, yeah. Just as Will was sharing in communion this morning, making sure we can remove the static from our lives and focus on what He has for us. There's a story told about the Reverend Billy Graham on one of his crusades and uh, he tells of an early time in his career when he arrived in a small town to preach a sermon and he's wanting to mail a letter he asked a young boy where the post office was when the boy told him Reverend Graham thanked him and said if you come to the Baptist church this evening you can hear me telling everyone how to get to heaven the little boy said I don't think I'll be there the boy said you don't even know your way to the post office Isn't it funny, you know, the way that we can look at things from time to time. Romans 8.14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And this is one thing I just want to underscore for us this morning. Being led by God, being led by the Holy Spirit, is just something we cannot outsource. Um, If you're married, you might be able to rely on your spouse's opinion and, and insight over things. And I, and I trust you do. It's healthy if you are married and you do actually listen to your wife, men, and... Um, uh, you know, if you're in a place like that, you can, you can have people that can help you and assist you in that way. But ultimately, the responsibility of us being led by God's Spirit comes down to our own obedience. It comes down to our own trusting in God. It comes down to our own building a relationship on the rock, Christ Jesus. And, uh, you know, Jesus has called us to be His disciples, but He's also called us to make disciples. 
And in order for us to be people that make disciples, guess what? You can't outsource that. <laughs> you know, it's not the job of the pastor or it's not the job of the traveling evangelist. It's, it's each one of our jobs to, to be people that make disciples. And so that wherever God's planted you in, in your sphere of influence, that you bring influence to that place, that you look for opportunities, you follow God's leading, you, you follow God's timing, you listen to what God's Spirit is saying to you. And, and if there's an opportunity that presents itself, you know what you do? You open your mouth and you speak and you step out in faith and you take the opportunity that God presents for each one of us. And, and once again... I know I've been in that situation quite a few times and, and haven't taken the opportunity. But praise God, he's a God of second chances. He's a God that continues to help us in this. Math, uh, uh, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 19, he says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's people. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Following a person accepting Jesus Christ and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what? You are commissioned for service. There's no, there's no other commissioning that you, you need to wait for. God, you've come to Jesus. You, you've asked Jesus to come into your life as your personal Lord and Savior. And, and, and God's Spirit comes on the inside of, as I've just said. You are commissioned to go. You don't need to attend a, a Bible college or a 12-point course or anything like that. God's Spirit is already inside of you and you can influence people's lives for the kingdom of heaven. In fact, I was uh, reading a story just earlier on in the week. And if you don't believe me, here's a testimony. And you might say, you want to check your doctrine. You don't have to even be saved to lead someone to Jesus Christ. Whoa, hang on. <laughs> hang on. I was reading a story earlier on in the week. And, and it's a story of two people that were in a drug house. And one of those people had actually been raised in a Christian family, a, a younger woman. And there was another gentleman that was with her and uh, he desperately wanted to get out of the situation that he found himself in. Desperately wanted to get out of it. I'm sick of this life. I don't want to live this life like this anymore. And, uh, and this girl who was not walking with the Lord and is a million miles away from, from even having a saving faith in Jesus Christ knew one scripture and she said, well, there is a way. And uh, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth and the life. And anyone comes to me, you will not perish, but you'll have everlasting life. And uh, she says, but I don't want you to go to Jesus because I don't want you to leave this place. And see, this girl was not even in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And yet she spoke the word and the word has what? Life and it has power. And it, it changed this young man and he, he transformed himself and went to find the answer and never went back to that place again. So God will speak through a mule. God will speak through whatever source that he has to speak through to get people saved. But what an honor it is when he actually speaks through you and me to do that. Um, we are commissioned for service for him. When it comes to our trusting in God, whatever we stand to gain in Christ is always greater than the perception of what it, whatever it is we stand to lose. I want to say it again. When it comes to our trusting in God, whatever we stand to gain in Christ is always greater than the perception of whatever it is we stand to lose. Quite often we, we think about reputation, we think about a whole heap of other things. But let me tell you, whatever things of this world that we think that we might stand to lose, it's always greater the gain in Christ. 
The eternal that we look for in Jesus Christ is always going to be greater than any perception of what we might lose in this world, even if it's our finance, even if it's our property, even if it's our car or, or whatever it is, even if it's a loved one, whatever it is, a relationship, what we gain in Christ is always greater. In the Old Testament, um, we've just been reading uh, at, at the start of this year, working away from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, it's, uh, it's solid reading, let me tell you. Um, anyway, uh, we've been working through those books of the Bible, Rochelle and myself. And uh, one thing that you learn is that God gave Moses very specific instructions on how and what he wanted to have happen and how it was to look. And, and you know, we, we go through uh, a lot of those books, the children of Israel, you know, they, they'd been um, in, in Egypt for 400 years. They were held captive. And all of a sudden, you know, the Lord calls Moses and Moses comes out to bring these people, give these people some direction. It was the, the right time to move. And, uh, and God was about to immobilize the people of Israel out of Egypt. And he did that. And, and, uh, and so they head off into the wilderness. And, uh, you know, it didn't take long for the people to start grumbling. And uh, we just seen these amazing uh, signs and wonders that took place in Egypt. You know, uh, water being turned into blood, frogs coming out, gnats. There were locusts. There were hail. It, it all happened. The death of the firstborn, which instituted the Passover. There were so many things that happened uh, over that period of time. And yet here the people are, and they're out uh, uh, heading off into the wilderness, following the instruction that uh, God brought through Moses. And uh, it's really interesting to note uh, 600 thousand men and women plus oh, six thousand men at six hundred thousand men plus women and children and livestock and belongings um you know it's just an amazing thing to think about the amount of people uh moving around you know there were gatherings down in canberra last week and and you know a lot of people speculating about how many people were there can you imagine six hundred thousand people livestock as well you take all your cows all your sheep you take everything along for the journey and here they are heading out into the wilderness. And uh, eventually, um, after the 12th recorded campsite, uh, they come to Sinai in Exodus uh, chapter 19. And so Moses then received further instructions when he was there. There were specific instructions given about burnt offerings, sin offerings, uh, voluntary offerings, guilt offerings. And uh, I, I'm, I'm in bed at night and we're, we're reading through some of this stuff. And I say to Rochelle, thank God that, that I wasn't around then. Because I'm flat out just trying to keep up with all these different offerings, right? Like, you know, you had to have this and you had to have that. And, uh, and then you had to, you know, the priest had to dip his finger in the blood and touch the earlobe and the big toe. And my goodness, there was so much to remember. Praise God for the blood of Jesus, amen. You know, so many purity laws. But the whole idea was that, that God is holy and God is to be revered and we were not holy and we aren't holy and we need to be redeemed. We need to be made holy. And uh, so there's a reason for all this stuff. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you're ever having trouble getting to sleep at night, I guarantee, just, just sink your teeth into Leviticus and you'll be off to sleep in no time whatsoever. But we eventually get to the tabernacle. And how it was to be sent out, and who did what, where and when. Uh, and, and following the dedication of the tabernacle, we read that something quite amazing happened. The Lord's presence covers it with a cloud by day and what looked like a pillar of fire at night. And, uh, you know, 
I, I can go out into nature and look at some pretty amazing sunsets sometimes. And only just a couple of weeks ago, we were coming back from a walk and the sky was just, it was just a blaze. It was like fire. And uh, Rochelle happened to mention, she says, can you imagine what that would have been like, you know, over the tabernacle? Like just fire, you know, but not just like a sunset, but, you know, fire, like look like fire moving. But it was the presence of God. And you see, the, the, the tabernacle, in a way, you could say, was, was almost like Israel's first navigation system. Because something quite phenomenal happened. When, when the cloud actually lifted, everyone broke camp and started following the cloud. So if, whether it happened at morning or night, didn't matter when it happened, hey, that pillar of fire is on the move. It's time to up, up pegs. We're out of here. We're following where God wants to take us. So why is it important? Why is any of this about the tabernacle important? I believe it's important because Israel would receive their direction from the Lord and, uh, and they would also, the children of Israel would also honour God with his timing and with his leading. See, they, they moved at God's pace. And uh, if there's anything that I need help with is, is moving at God's pace. Moving at the speed that God wants to move at. You know, and sometimes that means that the Holy Spirit will come and give us a little nudge when we're not moving. And other times it means that, you know, we're getting out, out in an area where, where God doesn't want us to be. And all of a sudden we might find that, hang on a minute, there's just nothing happening over here for this point in time. And God's just wanting to say, hey, come, come son, come daughter, come back, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over here. This is where the plan's heading. And God's so gracious in that with us. And uh, it's really amazing to think that, um, you know, Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years. And uh, after that initial 12 camps... Uh, the Bible records, if you count it up, 29 more campsites that the Israelites had after being at Sinai. So they did break camp quite a few times. We're going to read that story in chapters, uh, sorry, Numbers, uh, chapter 19, verse 15 to 23. It says this, On the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered it, but from evening until morning the cloud over the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire. This was the regular pattern at night. The cloud that covered the tabernacle had the appearance of fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from over the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. And wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. In this way, they traveled and camped at the Lord's command wherever he told them to go. Then they remained in their camp as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. If the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed and performed their duties to the Lord. Sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle only for a few days. So the people would stay for only a few days as the Lord commanded. Then at the Lord's command, they would break camp and move on. Sometimes the cloud stayed only overnight and lifted the next morning. But day or night, when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on so they camped or traveled at the lord's command and they did whatever the lord told them to do through moses i think it's just an amazing way that god uh, led his people at that point in time and um, and in a similar way i believe that we as believers you know we have the presence we have the spirit of god in our lives and god as as healthy disciples wants us to be people that follow his lead don't get ahead of him. Don't, don't, don't you know, get out of sync. Don't get out of step with him. But stay in sync with where he's at. Look 
to where he's at. See, today, you know, you may be, you may be considering a, a geographical uh, location change uh, for your family. Um, if you're visiting with us from anywhere but Mudgee today, that's fine. You can move to Mudgee. That's, that's quite acceptable and in the will of God. Um, <laughs> I had to put that in. Um, but, you know, there's, there's so many ways that, that we want, we're looking to be led in this world. And I just believe that as believers, it's time for us just to honor God with his timing, to honor God with his leading over our lives. See, the children of Israel were so obedient in this that God spoke to them in this most profound way. And yet I believe that, that what we want more than anything as believers is direction. In fact, I was reading something else the other day and it said the most prayed prayers is people asking God for direction. God, you know, just show me, lead me, take me. And I believe that that if we are people that tune our ear to the voice of the Holy Spirit, God is there telling us, God is speaking to us, leading us on. I'm sure there's many people here today and maybe listening to this podcast at a later date that can testify to knowing God's voice in your life and speaking to you and leading you on. But I just want to remind us, hey, to, just to not, it's something that we can't outsource. We can't rely on, on the latest podcast that comes out from Dr. Charles Stanley or from, from whoever, you know, as, as great as a lot of those speakers are. We've got we to gotta seek a word from God ourselves. We've got we to gotta, we gotta do what we can do to build relationship with the Holy Spirit. And God is faithful and he wants to take us on that journey with him. We're responsible to follow where he leads us and to whom he leads us and to share what it is he has asked us to share. So that's, that's our obedience. One thing I want to say is that what we are not responsible for, okay, what we are not responsible for is what he's doing in others. And I believe that comes to his timing. And, and I know it can, it can be a great source of angst for a lot of Christians when we don't see the change that we want to see in someone else. And, and, and we, can, we can sort of go, well, God, you know, they should know better or, or whatever. Hey, we've got to honor God's timing. We, we've got to honor what God's doing in someone else's life. We can pray for them. We can, we can be their friend. We can, we can do whatever God asks us to do, uh, you know, to support. But at the end of the day, we've got to honor his timing. We've got to honor what he's doing in their lives. So today you might find yourself, you know, in a challenging relationship. You might find yourself with, with, with a loved one or a friend or someone else and, and they're just not where you think they should be. Hey, take heart that God's got that situation in hand. It may be, and I know this is the case with some people, you know, a career change. It could be anything. Uh, it, it could be, you know, as I said before, changing uh, location of where you're going to live. Whatever it is, God wants us to be people that just trust him for the journey and trust his timing. Hey, a healthy disciple looks to Jesus. A healthy disciple follows his leading. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. One of the most blessed things I believe that we've been given as believers is that we can actually just come boldly into God's presence. When you start reading through those, those chapters uh, of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and you see all the prerequisites for only, only the people from Levi could minister at the temple and then it was only those priests that were ordained. Hey, we are kings and priests of the Most High God. Isn't that amazing? Each one of us are qualified to come into his presence. Each one of us are qualified to hear from him. 
Martin Niles recently said, I find more and more that in times when things are changing so rapidly, people are searching for solid ground. Do you know that's something that as believers we can offer other people? We can offer them solid ground through Jesus Christ. You know, the God that we know doesn't cast shifting shadows. He's a God that can be trusted. He's a God that is sure. He's a great foundation for people to build their lives on. And just as Israel would, you know, follow and seek after the land or the place or the camp that that God would have them to go, we can lead people to the good ground of Jesus Christ. Amen. We can lead them to a solid foundation in Him. People are looking for answers, church, and uh, we've got the answers. We've got the answers for people in this world. As healthy disciples of Jesus Christ, as we are led, we can also help lead people to solid ground, bedrock truth, and they can pitch their lives on it. Winston Churchill said, the pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. The optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Let that set in for a bit and then decide which side of the fence you're on. God wants us to be people that are always expectant for the impossible. In fact, I believe that the the currency of the kingdom is difficulty, it's trial, it's being in a place of not really knowing what's going on, but just being able to trust in God. Just being able to trust that God has got this. And I just believe there's a word for us today that God, whatever you're going through, God has got this. You know, the enemy will try to come and bring around ah, so much suggestion and, and scenario playing. Goodness me, you don't want to get in my head for a few moments. So many scenarios can get tossed around and this and that and whatever else. And most of us are like the rest of us, right? So you might find yourself in a place where your mind can be tossed to and fro. But God wants us to be people that just trust in Him. Hey, He's our peace. He's the source of all hope for our lives. As God's chosen people, I just believe that the odds are always in our favor. God's going to work through every difficulty. He's going to work through every challenge. And He's going to be glorified in and through your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you that your word brings life. We thank you, Lord, that you bring direction to our lives. And Father, just as your your chosen people, Lord God, we want to be people that We just trust in you. Lord, we honor your pace. We honor your timing. We honor your leading in our lives. And Father, I pray that, Father, if there's anyone here today or or anyone, Lord God, that may be listening later, who's just finding, Lord God, they're in a place, Lord God, of of just not being certain, not being sure of, of the way forward, then Holy Spirit, we just want to pray right now. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to people's hearts, that you would speak to people's lives. Lord, I just pray life, Lord God. I pray hope. I pray peace. I pray the joy of your spirit into people's lives right now. Lord God, I just declare that, Father, there is a way and his name is Jesus. And Father, I pray and thank you, Lord God, that as people place their trust in you, Lord God, that they can be removed from a life of despair and hopelessness into a place, Lord God, of, uh, of surety, a place of, of, of strength, a place, Lord God, where we can receive courage and help in time of need. And Father, I just pray, Lord God, let there be an impartation, Lord God, of faith into every person's heart and soul right now. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen.